Hey guys, welcome back to another episode. So I wanted to start out the podcast talking about the book that I'm reading this week. So I'm nearly finished The Catcher in the Rye and there was just one bit in it where it really struck a chord at me kind of. There's a descriptive passage in the book where he talks about, well the protagonist uh, Holden talks about this girl that he was in love with, Jane. She used to put her hand around the back of his neck in like kind of a parental way and he found it really weird because she was younger and smaller than him obviously so then he started doing it to his younger sister Phoebe and my dad used to always say that The Catcher in the Rye was his favourite book and he always had a paperback copy in his back pocket when he like used to smoke rollies and smoke joints when he was a kid and my dad used to do that to us when we were kids and I just thought I just thought it was so cute that he got that from a book and then did that to us as children but maybe I'm just super hyper emotional because of the isolation, that I'm just romanticising literally everything in my life. I don't know, but I just thought I'd share that little, I don't know, it was just something nice that happened to me this week, where I put two and two together and just made that realisation for myself. Um, And then and then also this week, uh, COVID-19 has had a, had a direct impact on my family financially. I'm not going to say what it is, obviously my family's privacy or whatever, but not good. Like, I just didn't expect anything to happen. It doesn't really affect me though, obviously, because I'm not a depend like I'm independent. So it's just because I'm living here that I know what's going on, obviously. But after this, I'd still, I don't think I'll be financially struggling. But it's just my family in general. And then another thing that happened to me this week was my mom FaceTimes me like every morning, and when I was staying in her house, uh, over like Mother's Day. Sorry, I just need to plug out my speaker. It's making a weird white but uh, white noise. So yeah, when I was staying in my mom's, um. I'm not going to say where she lives because I'll give it away, I think. And I'm kind of scared. But anyway, I was staying in hers over Mother's Day and I stayed for a few nights and every single day, because she's working from home, every lunch break she'd have, we'd go and bring the dog and walk. And Forrest is still kind of like a puppy. I think he's like two or something, but we're still kind of training him because we got him when he was just born. And so we always have him on a lead. Like we'd never just leave him off the lead and roam around the estate. You know what I mean? So we were bringing him for a walk and there's like a big field just outside our house and there's because everyone's working from home there's always people there now with their dogs but there's this one like really big husky that always uh, like Faris yaps like he barks because he little like he's tiny little mutt but anyway there's this huge husky that always like goes for forest and then when I went for a walk with my mom the husky like ran over and started attacking him and like I was obviously I was so shocked I was fucking screaming and I was like get off him get off my dog and the owner was like two feet away but just like watching it happen and not putting her dog on a lead so this huge husky was attacking Forrest who's like the same size as kind of a Pomeranian if you think of like a small fox that's what he looks like anyway so this big fuck fuck off husky was attacking him and we were freaked and then afterwards your one was like yeah next time just walk around the fields because I live just there I live like in a house just there I don't know what she meant she obviously meant like I've been living here for years so you don't have the right to walk through this field even though we live like two doors down anyway so my mom was like okay we didn't say anything even though it was her fault for not having her dog in the lead and not getting her dog off of ours so we continued with our walk anyway and we went for like an hour long walk this is before like the strict lockdown and then even on the way back the husky was still there and it started barking again but we walked like a really long way so it it couldn't run over but the owner still didn't like have the dog on a lead or was holding it back like if anything happens I'm not going to do anything basically so then we got back home and that was fine and then I 
went back home, my mom FaceTimed me yesterday and said that she was bringing Faris for a walk again and it happened again where the husky attacked her and my mom was like really scared she was on her own and started screaming and she was like would you just get your dog on a lead and then your woman's son came out and was like don't talk to my mother like that and if I see your dog again I'm gonna shoot it I was like how how does that make any sense how I I've no idea but that really really rubbed me up the wrong way and I just it's something that you just feel so powerless when st- shit like that happens especially to your mom like what are you what am I supposed what am I gonna do being like I'll snap your neck mister <laughs> but um I'll kill you with wor- my words um and then you know it's so such a thing for people to be like start some sort of campaign on Twitter being like stop this injustice in my estate but I just I don't want to start any beef during an isolation but everyone's very riled up I literally get I'm getting involved in debates that have nothing to do with me on Twitter and then I have to delete the app off my phone because I'm like why am I doing this to myself it's so bad for your mental health anyway so there's just things that happened to me this week oh, like a- anything like anything else honestly take it away from me but don't mess with my mom and my dog like obviously not Jesus Christ Ugh. anyways today's theme of the podcast is what changes you'd like to see in Ireland after this is over and I asked people in my story to fill out the things and it's stuff that I've already talked about really but I think there's just more of an urgency for people to want change after this and I always get this like imposter syndrome also privilege guilt where I'm like maybe I'm just giving out too much and I need to stop because you know boomers are like you know you're a snowflake and then my dad sat me down at dinner last night and was like you literally have lived through a pandemic you're allowed to give out now and I was like okay I've earned the rise hands up let's do it I'm ready I'm ready to go so most people obviously just more of a socialist system uh universal one-tiered health system healthcare workers to obviously be paid more student nurses to actually be paid because I didn't even realize that I don't have any friends who are nurses I follow some on Instagram but I don't know anyone personally who's a nurse and oh actually my friend's mom is a nurse but she's a nurse in a like in a nursing home and my cousin was was a nurse but she's a fashion buyer now so I actually do know people who are nurses never mind anyway and I didn't know that student nurses weren't paid which I find ridiculous because obviously it should be paid is it paid is the taxpayers money that pays nurses but obviously governments don't think that they deserve it for some reason even though if you do placement in uh with a large corporation they usually pay like an internship free even if it's small but they still pay you at least something so I don't know why government hasn't put any worth on nurses even though they're ones keeping people alive question mark anyway but one of the main things that has started debates with me or like I felt inclined to get involved with on Twitter for some reason I've no idea why even though it actually has nothing to do with me because I'm not claiming the welfare but people giving out about other people claiming the welfare so this has been like a long existing argument that people who are privileged say oh they're abusing the welfare system so they don't have to work even though you don't even get a living you don't even get a living wage from it like you can't even afford to live or have kids off it it's like it's not sufficient but then all of a sudden when the mass majority of people need the welfare it needs to be I mean it needs to be more money but now people who are still working for example in supermarkets they're getting less money than people who aren't working at all and getting the welfare so there's the whole debate of like I should be getting more because I'm risking my lives or risking my life but it's not that's up to your employer then because you know you have an employer employing you and I know in Tesco their wage was brought up but they could bring it to a living wage if they actually wanted to help out their staff you know like it's good I know and all to be given 
you know, giving them the 10%. But I know a lot of supermarkets aren't actually even doing that, even though their sales are up like by whatever, a crazy amount, 200%. So, and then as well, it's putting the blame on the people who can't work, being like, this is unfair that they're receiving 350 euro. And whether you think it or not, if you're having an effect on people that are claiming the welfare, who might feel guilty about it already. Shame is like the worst feeling that you could that you could make someone else feel if you're like shaming someone into doing something that's like the lowest I know with like fucking uh law of attraction bloggers whenever it's like the lowest vibration you could feel is shame and guilt so I know it's having an effect on people who are claiming it I amn't at all amn't isn't a word Keelan shut up I'm not claiming the welfare because I don't need it and I'm self-employed already and people have said to me like you could get it if you wanted to and I know people who didn't work before and are now claiming it but that's people abusing the system and you can only say that to that person if you know them personally otherwise if you're just saying it in a general term you don't know what every single person who's made been made unemployed is making what they worked how much rent they have to pay what their bills are like you don't know their history unless you know them personally and then you can text them personally and say hey listen I don't think you should be claiming it just because you know the recession will be in a worse worser place if more people abuse the system or abuse the welfare but otherwise you can't talk about it in general terms because you know there's people that genuinely deserve it or have been working their fucking arse off for absolutely nothing for ages in Ireland because like the fucking minimum wage is so low and the rent prices are so high so they deserve it and they've been paying tax whatever for how many years or whatever so I don't think, like, I know I talked about it in my last podcast, but I was talking about people that I personally knew that were abusing it, not in general terms. Um, So I wouldn't say people who are getting the welfare don't fucking deserve it, because it's just like, it's, it's you're not getting it. It has nothing to, to do with you. And I obviously don't care. Like, if people have been paying their tax and have been working really hard, like, they deserve it during a pandemic. And I know you might not have anything to spend it on if you are claiming it, if you live at home. But it's not your fault that it was a universal pay. Like, that's like the recession or the recession the revenue are reviewing it and it was just like an emergency fund for people who had to pay bills and rents or whatever straight away because if they started doing a means test which is like checking how much you make checking how many hours you used to work they'd have to check it with your employer like check your revenue and that could take weeks like everyone knows how long it takes to even get your tax back for stuff it can take a year sometimes so because it's a pandemic situation and it needed urgent action that's why they just made it a universal wage for everyone instead of means testing everyone but they're means testing people now because it's going to go on longer than we expected if you know what I mean so it's just universal for six weeks and then people will get means tested so it's actually not that long that it's going to be going on for it but I was trying to explain that on some twitter debate and then someone commented being like who do you think you are using the word capitalist I was like I didn't realise capitalist was a racial slur. I don't know if he understood what I was trying to say, but I was just like, okay, like the opposite of communist, which just means like universal wage. I don't know. But then I just deleted my app because I was like, this is stupid. I'm absolutely wasting my time with people who don't even understand what capitalism means. So I just screenshot the uh, definition and replied with that. I was like, I'm absolutely wasting my time. Anyway. And also for me, it's really highlighted the importance of using your vote and exercising your vote in a democracy because we're so lucky in Ireland to have a democracy in the first place we don't live in a dictatorship or a communist country so and now we see how literally everything single thing in our lives is controlled by governmental policies government bodies 
municipalities like we don't we actually don't have control over anything in our life the only thing we have control over is our thoughts other than that like everything is controlled by the revenue and the government how much we're paid how much tax we're getting paid even like packaging on food how many people can go into a supermarket at once if you can leave your house or not what's played on the news on mass media um what else is controlled by the government like whether businesses stay open or not whether people get paid or not, even if homeless live have to live on the streets or not. Now we can see that because every single homeless person is off the streets and has their own rooms in fucking hotels that people sold public land, government that the government posts. Uh, what am I trying to say? Government sold public land to build these fucking hotels that are now just filled with homeless people. Like homeless ne- can live in places. We found out. Oh my god, I can't believe it. There's actually enough rooms in Ireland for homeless people to live in. Who would have thunk? Anyway, so now that we can see that all these things are very easily, very, there's an easy solution for all of these things, yet the government is just not doing it for some reason. It's just like, oh, we need a pandemic. Okay, fine. Then we'll give the homeless people a place to live. It's fine. Yeah, fine. You asked. Okay, we'll deliver. Oh. And then there's people who say, oh, I don't really care about politics, so I'm not going to vote. But it's like, it's not a, it's not a, a debate on whether you care or not if you should vote or not it's that you should vote because it impacts literally everything in your life so I don't understand people who are like I don't care about politics it's like how are you live like are you living in a tent in a field and not paying tax and they're off the grid no like you live in society so how could you not care about politics it controls literally everything in your life so I don't like you don't have to be you don't have to be a politician or like a politics student to teach yourself on the basics of politics and what's going on and like governmental parties manifestos all you have to do is google one thing and read for like five minutes and you'll be like oh i like this and i don't like this so i'm gonna base that off who i vote for you don't have to be like reading books on capitalism and like reading books on neolib neoliberalism and shit like you just don't have to do that it's very basic on stuff that you have to learn anyway I'm fucking sick of it lads I'm fucking sick of it I'm fuck of trying to force people to care about things that they should and then it's like people are dying and all of a sudden they care guys oh my god I'm going insane in fucking isolation anyway so I hope this makes people realise, especially young people, how it can impact our future a lot because now our country is going to, well, actually every single country in the world is going to be going into a global depression. Woo! Um, And obviously, like, I'm not financially impacted by this at all. Like, I cannot stress that enough. But it's like, for other people's sake, please just care about politics and vote next time please like all of the stuff like the healthcare crisis could have been avoided and all the nurses wouldn't have to work so hard and like such crazy hours and risking their lives every day if we just had a more socialist system if we invested more in uh what's it called medical equipment and they were paid more and there, there wasn't forcing like it wasn't forcing healthcare workers to emigrate for better living opportunities if we had them all in the country you know working they'd be able to see their kids and you know actually wear masks going into work and we'd have more ventilators so there wouldn't be such a high death rate i know that death rate isn't that high now because we flattened the curve from staying in but like even germany people are still allowed to go outside because they actually have enough ventilators for everyone and they're like no one's gonna die here because we actually have all the equipment like wouldn't that be nice Ireland would it Uh, I don't know um so hopefully people now vote after this I know everyone who listens to my podcast probably already votes and is like in tune because I literally scream it into the mic every week but if you have any friends that maybe say that they don't care 
you could just explain, well, it, are you locked in your house like I am? Because you probably should care for the next time this sort of thing happens. Because pandemics have happened before in the past. Like, um, I think there's a cyclical way that they happen anyway. But the way that they're spread and the speed that they're spread at or the rate that they spread at will just keep increasing, especially with climate change, because um, the way that if temperature increases and humidity increases, the transmission of infections and diseases increases as well, because I don't know, there's some scientific reasoning behind it. And then also with like, because it's, we're able to, well, travel is so accessible and flights are so cheap. That's how pandemics start quicker now. So this will, this sort of thing, I know it's unprecedented now, but it will definitely happen again in the future. And obviously recessions happen over and over again. And it just needs to be bailed out by socialism every single time. So I don't understand why we don't just go turn into a socialist country. Anyway, there must be some, like I don't study politics in school, but that's just my own education on it. So that I've just learned myself. Another thing I've realised is, as well, with capitalism, it's created like a social construct of classes where rich people can accumulate so much wealth and there's nothing can happen to them. But there's a limit of, to amount of how much money is actually in the world. So billionaires can just keep accumulating and keeping wealth and keeping money. But it's just taking taking it away from other people rather than them just earning. It's actually taking it away from other people, if that sort of makes sense. So what I think... Um, this has proven is that you know wealth cannot buy you health it can't buy you social interactions that keep us sane and keep us happy because obviously you can sit in your house with all your money and just get shit shipped to your house every day you could be buying yourself as much as you want from how much you're saving on pints or like coffees with your friends but it's not having it's not going to have any impact on your mental health or make you feel any better about the situation like it's not going to cure a pandemic so i think that's how like consumerist capitalist culture of you buy these things to make yourself feel better doesn't work and i think that this has proven it as well because if that was true we'd all be delighted being stuck in our homes i know there's introverts like me who are self-employed i know people are like you're an introvert what um i'm i'm an outgoing introvert where i'm like loud in in um social groups and stuff but i prefer like i prefer my own company if that makes sense but um like obviously i don't mind being in a situation like this but of course there's the whole uh fear of the world ending and shit, uh, a pending doom, looming recession, that sort of thing. But other than that, like I have no problem with being in my house all the time. Like I know I won't get bored because I'll always find myself stuff to do, but that's just from being used to being self-employed. But other people are used to routine, inst institutionalization. So it's hard for some people. But um, I think that it's shown that this system isn't working at all like the, the whole idea of buying things will make you feel better or make you a better person isn't true sorry the ramble the basis of what i'm trying to say is we all deserve hum equal human rights regardless of income because money can't buy your health i think that's the the strong moral of the story of this pandemic story you know primary school what was the moral of the story everyone i think this is it anyway the next thing I'm moving on to is what changes I'd like to see in the education system which I'm obsessed with pining over I have no idea why I just uh, maybe it's just because I dropped out of college so much I'm just like tell me everything that that's wrong with the system it obviously I'm not the problem when clearly I just wasn't suited to any of the courses or I'm just not su suited to third level education I don't think that's their fault <laughs> but, uh, it was just a real um 
self-obsessed way to blame everyone else but myself. Um, anyway, so I'm doing online college now, but what I'm doing is short courses so I don't get bored quickly because I think I just have some sort of short attention span. Anyway, um, what I found interesting is because all lectures all of a sudden have been made accessible online, but I don't understand how then there's, you know, the, with the bell curve and limits to how many people can do a course, it's clearly can be, like, it doesn't have to be elitist where you need certain things to be able to study the thing that you want to, if that makes sense. Because if there is a room problem or, like, sp I understand if there's a space problem in a college, there's not enough, literally not enough seats in a lecture hall or whatever the fuck. Um, but if stuff can be moved online or more accessible courses for people who, ca like, can't go to college people who can't afford to live in Dublin that sort of thing if courses were ma made available online which is what I'm doing surely more people would be able to get degrees then but I know a lot of stuff is based off uh, group projects and group work and a lot of what the college experience is you know social interactions and like social events uh, societies and that sort of thing but for people who can't afford to live in Dublin for people who can't maybe even afford college like the full three and a half grand or whatever the fuck it is um they could do like short courses if like trinity did short courses that you get diplomas from online that were free and available available for people it would probably bring up the employment rate and probably it would would it affect mental health with people as well i find that it has a positive impact on me if the more i'm expanding my mind or like learning about stuff that benefits the world or benefits me if that you know when I yeah that makes sense doesn't it yeah so I think that would be a good way to have more education outlets on the internet as well and then with secondary school you know if like you were out for a day uh, maybe you're having a mental health day or you were sick and you know you had to catch up with your friends or you had to ask your teacher what you missed like how come material isn't just put onto some sort of thing like you know how moodle is that still a thing and what other things did you use in college but you know those on online things where like the lecture notes would be on it and then what assignments you had to do like why isn't that stuff available for secondary school as well because it's a lot of hours that you have to put into secondary school if you think about it like it's very draining to actually it's hard to be in every single day as it is I know you get break, like long breaks and all but you still have to work and study over those breaks too and then another thing that's an issue is the stated examinations so the leaving cert just being a set few days at the end of the school year and then you have to regurgitate all this information that you've learned over the past six years in school now for people who might be sick that day maybe you had to get your tonsils out that week like who the fuck knows you can't afford again you can't afford private healthcare so you're on a waiting list to get your tonsils out and then the only day you can get it out is like on your english paper two exam so what the fuck are you supposed to do then or um so a lot of people were saying more like education uh what you call it <laughs> education um continuous assessment based i like the idea of that because then it keeps the idea of you have to work consistently to get somewhere in life because it's not that's not based on real life situations where you're in a workplace and they're like you don't have to work for the whole year but you have this exact you just have this one thing that you have to work towards and then you get your salary if you work for like two months at the end of the school year like that doesn't in real life that doesn't make any sense so I that system doesn't make sense to me but I'm sure there's some I know there's more qualified people to talk about this than, not, than me. People who work in the education system or like the, the Department of Education know why maybe the Leaving Cert is good. But for me, uh, uh, 
logically and rationally that doesn't make any sense to have just a set day at the end of the year where you have to regurgitate six years of information that you could have just crammed for the last two months I think maybe you could do a big exam and continue continuous assessment as well as that and um, more projects and more group work as well because in a workplace environment you do have to do a lot of group work and learn how to work with other people and not be so reliant on yourself but I know that can bring obstacles with people like some people are carrying more and some are lacking but that's a real life situation as well and then another thing is uh, a new grading system on the Irish language because I know there's more there should be more uh, benefits of learning the Irish language or like an association with uh, the positives of keeping the Irish language alive and the culture of it because we're obviously losing it more and more people are moving to ordinary level and not seeing the benefits of actually keeping the lang- language alive and then people seeing it as like a boring subject or like not taught properly are just going to get frustrated and not ever want to learn it again uh, whereas you know there's the 25 extra points for doing higher maths like why isn't that in place for Irish as well since it's associated with their culture you know the Brits colonialised us and took our way our language and I want to take it back Give us the six counties and our and our language back, please. Anyway, and I wish I like thought that as well when I was in secondary school because personally, uh, I was in higher level and I was good at Irish, but I just hated the way like I was just frustrated the way it was taught because it wasn't like I could go to the Gwail talks and then talk to have a conversation with someone. Like I could write down an essay describing um on trial, but I couldn't fucking have hold a conversation with anyone from the Gwail talks, and I think that's not a right way to learn it. Like maybe the Irish could be like two oral exams or like maybe you had to do like an Irish play act out an Irish play rather than you know doing prose you know Irish prose because that's not useful in life because you don't ever have to like analyze an Irish poem you know if that makes sense but like there is loads of jobs in Irish media say TG Cahir and uh, Radio Nguyen they're always hiring people who could speak fluent Irish so it is useful in that way in like employability um and then as well, to be a primary school teacher, you have to you have to have done a higher Irish. And to be a Garda as well, you have to have done higher Irish. And a, a really high percentage of Garda are supposed to be fluent in Irish too. So if you reply in Irish, they have to reply. Legally, they have to reply to you in Irish as well. Something like that. So you don't actually have to talk in, in English to Garda. They should be able to speak in Irish to you which I think is a really handy tip if you ever get in trouble with the law and just keep talking to them in Irish and more likely like more often than not they're not going to be fluent so they won't have a clue what you're saying so I think it's really handy in that way but then another issue that could come from continuous assessment is and it was suggested I know from this year if the leaving cert is cancelled that your teachers take your previous or your most recent uh grade from whatever the thing but like if you're getting taught from the whole of sixth year the whole whatever that the only exam that matters is your leaving cert obviously you're just going to wait until the last minute like that's just a normal human reaction you're just going to say oh I'll just cram in the last two months that's grand so the mocks don't actually matter it's just going to give an example of what the exams are actually like so then that's affecting a lot of people that have just been used to the system where you can just cram at the end like the last few months and I know there's a small percentage of people who actually are just like studying consistently I don't know who you are but it's not me um so I know that can't work and as well you know there's favoritism with teachers and it's hard because I know it's it's you should be blaming teachers being like you shouldn't favor chill uh, favor students and you shouldn't um blame students on behaviors versus their 
or base hum, uh, students grades on their behaviors in class or like how their likability whatever but it's hard for humans to do that like we just do we we have to dislike and like people it's just our nature we can't like everyone equally it's really hard for humans to do that um so I know that can be hard for continuous assessment as well especially in subjective uh subjective subjects like such as English and I know that English teachers can be like oh it's not subjective like there's all these things that go into English but for example when I was studying English in school I would only ever get C's and D's like for my whole six years in school and there was a teacher especially in fifth and sixth year that fucking hated my guts I only got one tour de force essay because um we d- it was anonymous we didn't have our names in it and I wrote an essay on obesity increasing rates of obesity in um in Ireland and the UK this is so weird that I remember this but I was just like fuck you after um so it was increasing rates of obesity and how it impacts the healthcare system in 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 the UK and Ireland and then another one I wrote a story on it was a descriptive passage on uh it was something about magical powers it was like a cancer patient whose wigs gave her magical powers and that got an A1 as well but they were both anonymous so like one was like a Christmas exam and the other one was a but like anytime I did homework or whatever she would always give me C's and D's so I was like this is clearly you hating me for whatever fucking reason and um and then when I did my exam I got like a B1 like my leaving cert exam because Sylvia Plath came up fucking yes get in and I did an essay for I can't remember is English paper one or two the opinion pieces I can't remember but anyway for the opinion piece I talked about like uh, British colonialism of course and um I got a B1 and like I had I never went in during six years so like that was a good that was a good grade for me because I didn't work that much I never went in like me and my boyfriend at the time would just mitch all the time and just hang out with each other like we didn't really do anything the whole year so um yeah I know that can be an issue if there's favoritism with teachers and if they don't don't like you for whatever reason and for music and art as well for your practicals home ec as well for your projects so if you get like uh exterior uh, what's that called outside examiners to maybe take exams then for continuous assessment or make them all anonymous but i know some teachers can learn off your handwriting um then it would be a better grading system i think and but then a percentage i think should be participation in class and i know it can be hard for people who suffer with maybe social anxiety and anxiety but as well again that is preparing you for the outside workplace or like a real life work situation because in everything you have to participate in life and like speak there's no job really where you can be totally recluse and not talk to anyone unless you're like a creative like a screenplay uh, a screenplay what's that called a playwright or um an author and stuff like that like then those jobs you don't have to talk to people so but then is it a good idea I'm literally questioning questioning myself already so there's loads of other things there's loads of other options anyway is what I'm trying to say other than the whole just one exam at the end of the year I just don't believe it and as well like for my sister um who dropped out because of her depression has passed her leaving cert and she hasn't even gone in so like there's situations like that that don't make any sense she's just passed because there's a pandemic like handy for her but you know if she did have to do a state examination at the end of the year and there wasn't a pandemic she'd fail her whole year because of her mental health but like there's nothing that she could have done about it anyways um yeah oh god that was a bit of a rant and I know did I talk about this in the last last podcast or I just made a tweet about it about everyone getting 100% in the orals now my perspective was 
no one is allowed to have an opinion on it because it has nothing to do with you. And like, I was just seeing the effect that it had on my sister. I was like, that's class for her because she was able to pass all of her things without going in. So I was just like, that's grand. Justice for all, justice for mental health. Anyway, improve the mental health system, please. Or fucking, we don't have any, we have one child psychiatrist in the whole of Ireland. Maybe we could train more. I don't know, it wasn't so expensive to do medicine. Anyway, um, fucking, yeah. So someone texted me being like, it's unfair for people who don't do as much practical subjects. So like someone who did art, home ec and music would get like 100% all the practicals. So that would bring them up much higher over someone who did say physics, biology and chemistry. None of them have projects, do they? I can't remember. Um, I did biology, I should know that. But anyway, um, which I didn't even think about. Like I was only thinking about the languages. And then again, for people who are dyslexic or maybe just get exempt from Irish because they just moved to Ireland recently, they wouldn't get as high a grade either because they don't do as many languages. And then again, so, and then with the people getting 100%, it's gonna shoot up the points. So people who are reapplying to the CAO this year who did their Leaving Cert last year is gonna find it impossible to get into college because the, the college points and it's gonna be way more competitive. And then it's gonna fuck it up for people who are in fifth year now because next year the points will still be kind of high because it's very unlikely the points go down if that makes sense. Um, so I, yeah, it has fucked up. I, I take it all back guys. It has fucked it up. It's fucked it up big time. So that was a bit, uh, it was a bit of a visceral response for me to tweet that being like, but I take it back guys, fully hold my hands in the air and say incorrect for me. But the arguments that people were texting me being like, it's unfair because I'm doing my le- my junior cert. Then I was just like, go fuck yourself. No, literally no one cares. Anyway, sorry if you're doing your junior cert, but honestly, it doesn't apply to you. The junior cert actually doesn't matter. Like it's it's point, it's completely pointless. Um, But lastly, I wanted to talk about, I've no idea how long this podcast is going on for. I wanted to talk about the environment. Oh, look, here she goes again. <laughs> so um, I know a lot of people were texting me being like, what do you think of, you know, you can see the fishies in, in the Venice, what you call that? In Venice and, you know, clear skies, you can do the stars more and that sort of shit. Like that, I know that's great. Ecological rejuvenation, it's what I've been asking for. Like, yeah, biodiversity, yup, yup the lads. But... I don't believe that people have to suffer in order for that to happen and obviously the only thing I've really been doing uh, when I'm not vlogging or like looking after Cora I'm doing college work and I'm studying um, sustainable cities at the moment and you know they look at the innovation and the implementation of more sustainable ways to reduce our carbon emissions like social sustainability and economic sustainability and environmental sustainability it's not just climate it's it impacts everything so like how to create new markets and jobs through renewable energy and you know involve the community more by making public transport more accessible for everyone that sort of thing like making everything more affordable it's basically like a well-rounded view on how to make life better for everyone it's not just the environment so um i know from studying that like i am literally it's the only thing i can think about think more higgins who is she um it's the only thing i can think about at the moment so i know from studying being like i I, like people don't have to die for this shit to happen like it's it's like well you can have like the world but the earth benefits um climate wise but like everyone has to die and stay in their houses like i don't believe in that it doesn't make a it doesn't make a logic equilibrium for me or like it just doesn't make any sense so 
I know uh, it just needs some governance from people. So on an individual level, um, municipality level, governmental level, international level as well. For example, um, governance by provision, which is like providing more cycle lanes for people, governance by authority. I'm going to explain it more on my Instagram because every Friday I think I'm going to do like a, a mini lesson. I keep giving myself tasks to do that don't even make any sense or like I'm just not arsed to do them. It's like people don't care what I have to say. Uh, um, but it's just obviously a product of me uh, overthinking. But uh, on Friday, I was going to talk about obviously climate gover- climate governance. So uh, governance then by authority. See, I'm such a rambler. I have no idea what I'm saying. Which means banning the use of cars in city centres and instead just having a light transit line and more cycle lanes. So like it's safer for people to cycle. Because like I wouldn't cycle in the centre of Dublin in a fucking million years. Because people, like I have, I know people personally who are knocked down by cars and they're like, it's grand, I got a claim. But it's like, yeah, but you could have died. And there's just, there, there's not enough and it's definitely not safe. Um, And then stuff like electric cars I think that's a that is a rule in Ireland electric cars are allowed to drive in bus lanes and then for more grants because I've been looking at SEAI grants as well if you don't know what that is and you want to make your uh, house more carbon neutral they basically give you grants and reimburse you for getting stuff like solar panels and if you wanted to get your own if you have loads of land you could get your own wind turbine made and they give you a grant for that or you can get grants for buying an electric car so they give you money off buying an electric car as well or if you wanted to build um an electric power charging point but for example like you need legislative change and like government uh, investment to build more power charging points around around the country because like people can get an electric car but then on their way to work and they need somewhere to charge and there isn't anywhere like anywhere a space available to charge their car so then it's pointless so that's why it needs governance from like an individual level where people for example invest in solar panels and then they pay less uh they see the benefits by paying less on their electricity bill because you only have to pay like 200 euro a year to pay back your solar panels which is literally nothing compared to I was paying my electricity bill in my old house in Galway and it would have been like 150 euro a month for a house of four people so if it's only 200 euro a year you're saving so much money on energy and you're also a carbon neutral home Um, so people see the benefits there but then if you buy an electric car but you can't use it because there's no charging points then that's not your fault but like the government just need to invest more for to make it accessible for people so there's really easy stuff like that where um people can see the benefits from it and cities have such a good opportunity to make them carbon neutral because uh 50% of people now live in cities worldwide and it's the where the majority of carbon emissions are coming from so that's why there's such a focus on lowering our emissions in cities rather than putting like because I know that people talk a lot about veganism and the effect of um food and stuff but I don't think that we should be tackling that now because I know it affects I know climate change and ecological breakdown affects farming the most but it's not the most urgent and it's not the easiest route we can go down. Like the easiest would be changing everything to renewables because that makes, that um, grows the economy as well as be making us carbon neutral and making it more accessible for people. Because people, for one, it creates jobs for people. People save money on their electricity bill and it's a good way to reduce our carbon emissions. Whereas if you lower the emissions with agriculture, it takes a really long time to, to like the farmers basically have to re-educate themselves um you'd have to sell off all the beef and it just takes a much longer time for for that process and if we did improve the energy sources then we wouldn't have to 
have such a stress on people's diets and I think that causes a lot of rows of people like um you know people's traditions and like family income and stuff like that but I, I don't believe in the heavy subsidization of the beef agriculture industry like there needs to be another way for for them to make money rather than just totally subsidizing it because then it's just a dead economy um anyway I hope that made sense but uh I'm still going to be vegan for ethical reasons and stuff but I said this in a previous I think it was an Instagram live I don't know what I was talking about but if I ha I want to rescue chickens when I have whenever I have my own house and then uh but if you do rescue chickens they can't actually lay eggs because they're so traumatized from being stuck in cages and stuff but if they do eventually if some can lay eggs I would probably use them for baking a lemon meringue pie and I I wouldn't feel guilty over it because it has no ecological or er, environmental impact on the world you know what I mean but I wouldn't eat meat because I just don't I just don't believe in eating like loads of meat is injected with different antibiotics and ho growth hormones and stuff and I don't want to have that in my body so that's like the only you know um but like I don't see anything wrong with people eating meat I'm not like oh you're a bad person because you eat meat I know I've said it before as well but I've just educated myself more on it I think from doing my online course where I just have a different perspective on it where I'm not like uh blame it on the individual like you should all go vegan because people text me being like do you believe the whole world should be vegan like I know in Buddhism and stuff they um you know uh what's called worship the cow so they don't eat a lot of meat so religion wise it makes sense but then I don't have that philosophy where I'm like I would go out and pet a cow you know I just don't like I just wouldn't have a pet cow I just don't have any emotional connection where I'm like that's so cute. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I'm just trying to say that I don't blame you if you're not vegan. Because I know a lot of people, and especially for girls, because when I was giving talks in schools, I'd have to be really careful about talking about diet in terms of um, environmental impact because a lot of girls take that so seriously. I, I, I know boys can suffer from eating disorders as well, but it's uh, the, the prevalence is within women. And, you know, they think I'm everything I'm eating is bad for the planet. So then they'd end up not eating anything. And then they're focusing on a lot of stuff they're eating. And then it can cause orthorexia. Is that called orthorexia? Um, body dysmorphia and that sort of thing where it's just like an overwhelming guilt in eating stuff. And I think women have that already too much. So I don't want to impose that. So what I try to talk about more is like food waste where like get a compost bin and try not to buy stuff in plastic rather than being like, don't eat meat. You know, I don't think you should be dictating what people should eat or not even though I know I've done that before where it's like people should try not to eat as much red meat but I'm not doing it in a way now where it's like insensitive and I think I can't like I'm obviously learning to be about trying to be a better person so for anyone that's like that's hypocritical of you Keelan because I know you've said that before and I probably have but just from learning stuff I feel like it's not a good way to approach things and I feel like there's different ways in helping out the world and not telling people how they should eat if that makes sense um so yeah I think I'm gonna leave it there I my throat is actually getting sore from talking so much and I hope that brought you some comfort and some if you have anything else to add on how you'd like to see Ireland after this please let me know or if there's anything that I said wrong I don't mind getting just don't be aggressive because I know a lot of people are stuck in their houses and when they st think they're starting a debate they're actually just like shouting down the phone at you and I just can't handle it at the moment I'm too fragile and sensitive so please try not to be mean when you're texting me um I know people who listen to my podcast aren't saying being like I'm gonna be mean to you now but you know when people start debates sometimes they can just be like jumping down your throat um but yeah if you had anything more to add please don't hesitate to text me 
what do I reply most on? I never reply to Instagram messages because I just get, I get too many a day and a lot of them are just scary. Um, some man asked me the other day being like, do you want a D, what was it called again? DDLG relationship? I'll pay you a thousand dollars a month. I was just like, what the fuck is this? So my friend had to Google it and apparently it's just like some online sort of like thing where I text him abuse and he pays me money. Like I'm not into it. So I just have weaned away from checking my DMs. So I'd say comment on my TikToks. That's probably what I'm most on at the moment. Uh, other than that, or text me on Pinterest. I'm on Pinterest a lot. Don't text me on Twitter or text me on Twitter because I, I delete the app all the time. Uh, that's about it. Hope you're having a great, great isolation period, lockdown. Stop tra- focusing on when it's going to end and just focus on tomorrow. That's what my dad said yesterday and I thought it was a great point because the more time that you focus on when it's going to end, you're just going to drive yourself insane. Um, justice for all. Love you all. Beautiful people. Bye.